that I am merely an agent. Giving you some keys which have been given to me to pass on to you. These keys are to unlock doors out of your present prison. Doors opening on new vistas. Doors beyond where you are now. WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor, handing you the keys to unlock doors, exploring sound vistas from past and present and across the globe. Inadvertently there, I'm Jim Dwyer. Yes, they're spring-activated mics. <laughs> kind of like those automatic mics that used to pop up when old Tricky Deck was talking in the White House. Henry, think Let's big. go over here by the lamp, Henry. Think big, think big. Well, yeah, Trump's uh, thinking big. <laughs> uh, well, or is he? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a bonehead maneuver, top to bottom. Uh, very difficult to see what, if anything, is gained strategically yeah. by the decision to make the strike against the Iranian general. And uh, likely that Trump played a little bit too much golf over vacation, and he was uh, shanking a lot of balls, and <laughs> the old uh, irons weren't working very well. And I don't know about those seven woods or whatever they're called. But, uh, yeah, well, this is, um, I'm, I'm not quite as uh, alarmed by this uh, turn of events as some people. Um, in fact, I'll just throw this out as a uh, counterintuitive concept about what actually happened here. This might have been an inside job. Um, it seems that uh, Suleimania uh, was supposed to meet with the Iraqi um Prime Minister. And the Iraq government, by the way, has been very unstable for the last couple of months. Uh, their prime minister recently resigned. Yeah, it's a caretaker prime minister at the moment, so it's a ad hoc. <laughs> They've had a lot of uh, um, demonstrations all over the country for by various factions. The other uh, character in the drone strike uh, was a top-ranking Iraqi... Um, anti-ISIS um, leader of the Iraqi militias. Now let's remember that militias in the Middle East are a very, very uh, temporal thing. They change sides a lot. You don't know who's working for who. There's a lot of double crosses. Mm -hmm. Where true allegiances lie are really guesswork. And there's been reports, by the way, that uh, Suleimania is... Uh, been in conflict with people high up in the Iranian government about his tactics. 
These parties, by the way, were just allied recently with the United States in terms of going after ISIS. Uh, when you join the mafia, uh, you never know whether you're going to be killed by one of your own or by somebody from the other side. That's why it's not advisable to ever <laughs> take the leap, because uh, you may be double-crossed. And Trump, of course, likes uh, superficial victories. Uh, he likes to spike the ball in the end zone and run around claiming all kinds of rubbish. And I suspect that Iran isn't going to do much of anything for a while. Uh, I think they're going to bide their time. Trump has just deployed another 4,500 troops. His statement over the weekend about hitting cultural sites is outrageous. Um, the more Trump talks and tweets, uh, the less credibility he's going to have. And let's face facts here. Mike Pompeo and Donald Trump's statements over the last several days have just remarkable mendacity and falsehoods. Mm. Uh, contained in virtually everything they've said. The notion that this is protecting American lives is one of the oldest canards of the American government for many, many decades. So um, I don't dispute that this guy was regarded as a sort of a cult figure uh, in Iran, but let's remember that Hezbollah got its start in Lebanon in 1982, when the United States decided it wanted to occupy Beirut to relieve the Israelis of their public relations problem following the massacres at Shabra and Shatila. Uh, the invasion of Lebanon by Israel in 1982 was a disastrous turn of events uh, for the United States. And um, if you look objectively at most of American Middle East policy over the last 40 years, the beneficiary has consistently been Iran. Yeah, that's what I It's right here in my notes yeah. <laughs> uh, for decades now. Decades. Uh, whatever move the United States tries to make, uh, it's almost like a yin-yang thing. Iran doesn't need to do anything to get the benefits that U.S. missteps inadvertently throw their way. I mean, as you say, repeatedly. Um, interesting to contemplate that uh, the decision to make this strike uh, was selected from a range of options, which apparently when the Pentagon briefs the president, there's a range of options. We could do this, 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 or this. And uh, word is beginning to emerge that people were surprised he took the option to make the strike, that was considered the most extreme option. Don't put that option on the table. <laughs> so, uh, again, to me, this raises the questions about, uh, can we see this guy's phone logs? You know, is sure. there counsel from Putin involved here? Or Netanyahu. Or Netanyahu, who has, you know, sort of remained silent. He's got lots to be quiet about. He's just received a temporary injunction from the Israeli courts to have a month or two to try and stabilize a government in the midst of his uh, uh, embezzlement uh, indictment. Yeah, uh, well, they're having new elections in Israel in March. But, uh, yeah, the, the utter silence around the world. Well, And the, the uh, uh, overt way in which uh, traditional U.S. allies in Europe are uh, clearly making it uh, known to the world that they are backing away from 
this bonehead maneuver. Well, and Putin is giggling uh, about all of this. I'd like to point out, by the way, that uh, before the 9-11 event, um, the United States Pentagon budget was $295 billion. This was basically the last year of Clinton's presidency. And we were spending... Uh, on on the veterans budget, uh, about forty seven billion, nineteen point eight billion was being spent for uh, medical treatment and hospitalization. Much of that spending, by the way, in two thousand, were still some of the remaining uh, World War II veterans that were all, oh. still alive. Uh, when Donald Trump uh, took over, the Pentagon budget went up to f- at the end of Obama's presidency was 598 billion we were spending 176 billion on veterans benefits including 70 billion for hospital and medical treatment uh these wars in the middle east are rapidly becoming unaffordable if you look at the budget deficit it exceeds our total pentagon spending combined the united states still spends more money than the remaining seven countries and donald trump is not i mean if the one thing about this event uh sort of reinforces it proves that donald trump's claims about ending endless wars is just a complete lie it's been a lie for months well Uh, the extent happening the extent to which this particular maneuver is perhaps uh, intended on Trump's part, or he desires it to be, uh, a distraction from the uh, dangling uh, impeachment uh, inquiry, which, of course, the date has yet to be determined for when this will be uh, considered by the Senate, although (laughs) Bolton is making uh, the potential for uh, actual witnesses to testify seem like a greater likelihood with a a recent announcement that he's made. But uh, it's impossible to determine whether or not this particular president has again uh, jeopardized what is traditionally or conventionally considered to be uh, U.S. national security interest for his own personal temporary gain uh, to just gain a little breathing space. Oh, people will think you were tough. Uh, if you do this, uh, it'll take the impeachment story out of the news for a while uh, if you make this move. These are things that Putin might have suggested, for example, of why he should uh, go ahead and commit to the strike. We will never know. We'll never know. But and there's it, certainly no reason to trust him. And, of course, it's impossible to know what's going to happen next in the Middle East. Uh, anything can happen. But I, I suspect you're right. That, that just to jump back to uh, Iran here, they're, they're going to bide their time. Uh, Ir- Iran is—they're not dummies. Uh, they know the stakes are very high. They don't want war with the United States. They know this guy is incompetent. They've got time. Well, and and they certainly have time because Trump has a finite amount of time in the White House, uh, one way or another. Uh, I don't believe he's going to be removed, obviously. But uh, this, of course, is a strategic blunder of major proportions, in my opinion. Um, And it's uh, disturbing that it's being applauded uh, by some uh, of our politicians who are defending the president, quote, uh, you know, sticking up for 
uh, American lives, protecting American lives. Just yesterday, by the way, there was an attack in uh, Kenya uh, in which three Americans died. So what's Trump going to do about that? Of course, a couple weeks ago, he bombed al-Shabaab uh, positions in Somalia. Uh, the Kenya attack is obviously connected to al-Shabaab and Somalia. This is one of the many countries we're bombing. The United States has spent about $7 trillion on post-9-11 wars in uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Nigeria, Niger. I mean, it's it's a staggering uh, chunk of the globe. And uh, Iran, of course, has a lot of proxies uh, scattered around uh, the Middle East and the Near East. So remember that Iran has a border with Afghanistan. Um, I once met an Iranian who admitted that they had invaded Afghanistan in the late 90s. This was not widely reported in the American media. Uh, in 1998, Iran almost went to war with the Taliban over an incident that happened in Afghanistan's second largest city, Mazar al-Sharif who took out the Taliban for Iran, uh, the United States. Where's the Taliban now? Well, it's been driven out of Kabul, but it's made huge gains since Donald Trump has been president. Um, they just missed an invite to Camp David. <laughs> yeah, and of course that was <laughs> the John Bolton. alleged reason John Bolton resigned, but I think we can begin to assume that John Bolton... Uh, may have been squawking a bit about what was going on in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Trump, of course, didn't have a very good week uh, regarding that either, as emails are now emerging that have been obtained through the Freedom of Information Act uh, that Trump was fully aware that he was breaking the law, uh, fully aware uh, that the money... I mean, this is part of the ongoing investigation into Trump's actions in the Ukraine. Uh <clears throat> just this past week. And, you know, by the way, there have been a lot of very interesting things about Iran just in the last month. Uh, just uh, two and a half weeks ago, um, President Rouhani was actually in Japan uh, visiting uh, Shinzo Abe of Japan. This was a two-day visit uh, in which he was allegedly discussing um, overtures towards some sort of negotiation regarding sanctions. And uh, the article goes on to note that Japan uh, has friendly relations with Iran um, and are uh, eventually anxious to resume oil sales with Iran. Um, they announced, by the way, that there was a massive oil discovery in Iran a couple weeks ago, uh, 20 billion barrels of oil. And, of course, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they announced uh, the economic growth rate for the third quarter came in at a whopping 2.1%. Trump, of course, promised somewhere between 3 and 4. Uh, his optimism about the economy uh, has been consistently wrong. And uh, one does wonder how this is, uh, the, the, these events in the Middle East are going to uh, affect uh, the American economy uh, going forward. Um, oil prices probably will go up. How much is unclear. 
Um, that, Gold's at a five-year high, which is always a sign of skittishness. But it's certainly gone up 10% in the last uh, month. Uh, by the way, this increase in the price of oil, while it hurts American consumers eventually at the pump, uh, helps Russia, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> indeed, and uh, the shale oil producers in uh, West Texas, many of whom are on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, they have debts that they can't pay, uh, so they need higher oil prices. So, you know, just looking at the oil price uh, equation, American consumers may pay for this war uh, in a different way. And as for the, the, you know, the fact that Iraq is now uh, asking that the United States withdraw from, from the country, shut down the embassy... I think these are things that Donald Trump didn't think through all the way. Yeah, you wonder when the range of options are presented, who's left to discuss the likely or potential consequences of each of the, you know, potential actions to be taken. Well, if we do this one, here's what might happen or it could go this way. And then, you know, that's obviously part of the decision making process, which is non-existent here, I suspect. Well, non-existent, and as one English critic noted, uh, Donald Trump's recently appointed national security advisor, uh, the man that replaced Bolton, uh, recently called Kim Jong-un, who, of course, is doing his own, uh, oh, I'm going to give Donald Trump a Christmas present. Uh, what that was all about is anybody's guess. But Perhaps another beautiful letter. He called him Chairman Un. Doesn't even have the guy's name down, mm. uh, so he can't be much of a strategic thinker. Um, so, yeah, this uh, national security team is uh, a little short on experience and a little uh, strong on um, uh, uh, sycophancy, if that's a word. It's very troubling when the Secretary of State of the United States for all intents and purposes, becomes the spokesman for the Pentagon, which has been going on. Yeah, that's very weird. Um, of course, he Pompeo canceled a trip to Ukraine. <laughs> to monitor the situation in Iraq. Right. Oh, well, uh, has he talked to Rudy? I mean, I thought Rudy was the guy on the Ukraine case. He's still the president's lawyer. Pompeo is still, you know, uh, on the, the Grima worm tongue team of uh, head-bobbing loyalists, so um, the ex extent to which he had uh, aspirations to do something helpful in the Ukraine are sort of uh, ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, in fact, it's fascinating that on the, the Thursday, uh, January 2nd edition of the New York Times, I'm going to read these headlines because they're just fascinating. One says, pro-Iranian protesters end two-day standoff at U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Uh, the other is a news analysis, which I think Trump might have read, because uh, it kind of questioned his, uh, his skill at managing these two threats, Iran and North Korea. Uh, David Sanger's uh, news analysis says, Trump's talks fail to quell twin threats from Iran and North Korea. Then on the uh, page... Adjacent to A8, we have Kim's saber-rattling stop short of scuttling possibility of deal with Trump.
And then it says Pompeo cancels trip, uh, Ukraine trip over Iraq. Uh, and of course, it states that uh, um, Pompeo, uh, the State Department spokesman, said that Mr. Pompeo aimed to, quote, ensure the safety and security of Americans in the Middle East by staying in Washington and would travel in the near future uh, to countries that he had been scheduled to visit. Then, of course, it goes into um, the details of Mike Pompeo's life over the last several months. Uh, Fascinating stuff, of course. Pompeo, by the way, was supposed to deliberately not meet uh, with Ambassador Taylor, uh, who testified Mm -hmm. at the impeachment hearings. They they note that Mike Pompeo quote, made plans to avoid interacting this week with William B. Taylor of the department uh, as the chief uh, mission in Kiev. Pulled out of retirement by Pompeo to take that position. But deliberately um, a persona non grata, so to speak. Um, So it's interesting that this, by the way, is the second major cancellation involving the Ukraine. Uh, involving both Mr. Trump and Pompeo, it's unclear how Mike Pompeo being in Washington on uh, Thursday, January 2nd and Friday, January 3rd, uh, is going to, quote, ensure the safety and security of Americans in the Middle East. I'm not getting that connection. I I don't (laughs) understand how Mike Pompeo's presence in Washington ensures their safety. Uh, or security. Um, of course, does Donald Trump really care about American lives? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> right, clearly. <laughs> uh, here we have a typical uh, uh, a day in the life of the United States of America. This is gunfire erupts in several cities as 2020 gets off to a deadly start. I'm just going to read some of these. It's the usual nonsense. More than a dozen people were shot in Cleveland overnight, including one fatally. A double shooting in Halethorpe, Maryland, left a man and a woman dead. Two men were shot and killed at a nightclub in Orlando, Texas. In Lubbock, two people were killed in a shooting outside a nightclub. In Philadelphia, two people were killed on New Year's Eve. Uh, A man and a woman were shot and wounded at a bar. Uh, in uh, South Bend, Indiana. In Des Moines, Iowa, a 14-year-old boy was shot and killed Wednesday morning. Uh, They had a report, by the way, of a Michigan State female college student who was shot over the holidays by her boyfriend who was, quote, playing with a gun. Yeah. Uh, What's Donald Trump done about the biggest mass shooting in American history? Nothing. What's he done about the, uh, um, the, you know, the the synagogue attack in in Pittsburgh a couple years ago? Nothing. Uh, We, of course, had a massive uh, rally at the Brooklyn Bridge yesterday uh, protesting uh, anti-Semitism and the violence that's been growing. Uh, as a result of Donald Trump's rhetoric and his Charlottesville thesis. 
there are good people on both sides. So, yeah, you know, you got to take the we're protecting American lives with a grain of salt. <laughs> the way to protect American lives is to get the troops out of the Middle East, out of Afghanistan, and out of harm's way. Um, never forget the famous line by General Jop, who told an American media person in 1965 as Lyndon Johnson began dispatching troops to South Vietnam. This is our country. We've lived here for 2,500 years. You Americans need to read some history. Well, I would like to point out that the Iranians, uh, of course, used to be called Persia. They've been around for 5,000 years. And the closeness between Iraq and Iran is beyond dispute. Um, well, there's a sizable Shia population in the south of Iraq. Well, and of yeah. course, those boundaries were all drawn up by the British over afternoon tea one day. Sure. So there's a lot of problems that still haunt us today as a result of that. But uh, Iran has sort of historically positioned itself similarly to the way that Russia has been seen as the protector of the Eastern Orthodox faith. That, the Slavs, yeah. Uh, for Slavs, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Iran sort of uh, sees itself as uh, representing the interests of Shia uh, in other places uh, throughout the Middle East. Well, on the border is about a thousand miles. It's it's huge. And Iran, um, a large country. You know, it's it's I mean, Iraq and Iran combined are the size of uh, Alaska and uh, California, roughly. So it's a little unclear how the dispatching of forty five hundred troops to Qatar is going to do anything about uh, ongoing instability in these two countries that likely is going to continue. Uh, this is not just uh, what, you know, the Revolutionary Guard, Quds forces are responsible for. There is a lot of factionalism in both Iran and Iraq. There's a reason why Papa Bush did not overthrow Saddam Hussein into, in uh, 1991 when... Uh, that war actually did have legal sanction under the United Nations. Um, James Baker worked to have Russia and China abstain. They did not support the war, but they agreed to abstain, which gave that a uh, unanimous vote in the Security Council. Bush, the son, did no such thing. He just simply invaded Iraq in March of 2003 and it was Brent Scowcroft, the famous national security advisor under George H.W. Bush, who asked the rhetorical question, what is America going to do when the Shiites take over Iraq? Mm -hmm. Well, that question's never been answered. And, of course, one of the most vociferous critics of the American presence in Iraq is Maqtada al-Sadr. Uh, he's back in the game um, and, of course, Iran itself over the last couple of months uh, has been um, seeing massive protests, lots of instability. Yeah, before this uh, decision uh, made by Trump to attack the uh, uh, military man, 
Uh, there were numerous protests, uh, anti-government protests in Iran. So this has had the exact opposite uh, effect that you'd think America would want. Sure. And, of course, maybe the most vivid image of the week for me was seeing a picture of Australia mm. in a towering inferno with a kangaroo. The image of a kangaroo jumping. It was in the air. It was obviously trying to get away from the smoke and flames but it's airborne and the silhouette of the of the kangaroo on top of this you know Wall towering flames, inferno yeah. it was a really vivid Im image of what's going on in that country uh, i don't think anybody in australia cares about donald trump's uh war plans in the middle east or in indonesia where devastating flooding yes. over the weekend uh killed dozens of people jakarta by the way is sinking it's uh -huh. sinking because 31 million people live there. Uh, they've been pumping water out of the ground for centuries, and it's sinking. And they're even moving the capital because of environmental degradation. It's uh, rather incredible. But these are the real problems of the world today, not yep. Donald Trump's uh, re-election or his impeachment or... Or any of this other nonsense that uh, he, he continues to assert. Um, well, and then one of the other stories from last week, New Year's Day, uh, the New York Times, EPA policies scorn science. Uh, Trump plans critiqued by Trump appointees. Uh, the madness of uh, climate shift denial is being uh, institutionalized by uh, the, this incompetent administration. Donald Trump, of course, likes to boast that he's doing a lot for the veterans. Um, I have a different viewpoint on that. Just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. We, of course, would like to thank Andrew for engineering uh, once again. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in an editorial observer column by Carol Giacomo, and I'm going to have to double-check this claim, but I'm going to read it anyway. She writes that more than 45,000 veterans and active-duty service members have killed themselves in the last six years. That's more than 20 deaths a day. In other words, more suicides each year than the total American military deaths in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, the Pentagon this year has reported on military families as well, estimating that in 2017 there were 186 suicide deaths among military spouses and dependents. This, of course, is connected to PTSD. And this is the cost of this ongoing in endless war that Trump won't end. Uh, the way to end endless war is to end the war. <laughs> Stop participating in them. Stop deploying the troops. Yeah. And Congress really needs, I believe, in the next budget to say, that's it. We, we're cutting the funding off on this because this, this cannot continue. Uh, this notion, and of course, this happens all the time. You know, critics like me... And people who are protesting uh, this uh, American violence 
in the uh, in, in the Middle East and in the Near East, as they used to call Afghanistan, Pakistan uh, area of the world. Uh, you know, we're, we're viewed, oh, you're not being patriotic. You're not rallying around the flag.